Happy New Year and welcome to the Impact Alumni Podcast. I'm Paul Clifford and I am your host. I'm the President and CEO of the East Carolina Alumni Association and I produce this podcast monthly uh, to provide free and convenient professional development for alumni practitioners worldwide and I am uh, excited to kick off the new year with a a good friend and colleague uh, from Villanova University Alumni Association, their Executive Director and Associate Vice President for Alumni Relations, Gary Olson. Gary, welcome to the podcast. Good morning, Paul, and Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. Well, since 1993, Gary has been... uh, responsible for the alumni relations program at Villanova. He's just the fourth person to serve in this capacity and is currently the the longest serving alumni director in the university's history. Gary's very active with the Association of Private College and University Alumni Directors, uh, affectionately known as Pequod, as well as a number of leadership roles that we'll talk about today uh, with the Council for the Advancement and Support of Education, uh, as we know in the profession as case. But, Gary, first, I'd like for you to talk a little bit about your your path into the profession of alumni relations. You, you know, we talk with our colleagues, and none of us had, there's no true pipeline into the profession, but I think yours is a, is a rather unique story. Yeah, well, you're right, Paul, and uh, none of us, I think, set out to enter this profession. Uh, But I had spent about 19 years working uh, in the nonprofit arena and had been uh, the executive director of several uh, mid-sized nonprofits in the greater Philadelphia area, primarily working in in the drug and alcohol area. And um, when this opportunity came at Villanova, I learned that the – search committee was looking for somebody with a background in either higher ed or nonprofit, particularly in the area of strategic planning and management. So I decided to, to enter into the search, and I was very fortunate that uh, you know, the search committee recommended me and the president and the VP hired me, and uh, you know that was uh, almost 19 years ago. Uh, but I did find that my experience in the nonprofit world of, of working with uh, volunteer boards, working with budgeting, strategic planning, Communication, all were, were experiences that were enormously helpful uh, when I entered the uh, the field of university advancement and alumni relations. And, and in fact, I sort of joke that there are times that I felt that the fact that I didn't have a higher ed background was actually an advantage to me, uh, particularly that I didn't come into the position with any uh, preconceived notions about things that had to be. And, you know, in our business, we, we have a hard time letting go of things that we've done for many years. And, and so in some ways that helped me. Uh, sort of the irony of, of my background is that, and you know this, I believe, Paul, is that my <laughs> first position out of school, I, was, I worked as a counselor in a prison. So uh, I think that has prepared me well for this job. But not a whole lot rattles me. <laughs> That's right. Well, what is it they say about New York? And I guess you could say it about your background. If you can make it there, you can make it anywhere. That's right. Yeah, that's right. So that's now, right. Gary, you referenced uh, 19 years in the business almost. What, what in your mind has changed the most about what we do in terms of how alumni relations is positioned to serve our universities? Yeah. Well, I think there's several things, Paul. I think the first is is just the increased degree of integration within our institutions uh, with development and university investment. And I think this is a real plus. I, I think the idea that alumni relations should exist in its, as a as its own entity is just is just not only is it passe. I just think it's it 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 lessens the value of what we do. Uh, you know, today at, at at my institution, if people ask me, "Are you part of the fundraising team?" I say, "Absolutely, yes," because we are. Uh, 
Um, we may not be out there asking for money, but we're very much a part of the overall process. And so I think that's the first thing that has changed. And I think is the change for the better. Um, I think this this idea of you know the us and them mentality or the silos it really again it it sells us short in terms of the impact that we have, and uh, and I also think it's not it's not as productive for our, for our institutions. I think the second thing, and this is no surprise, is just what technology has done. I mean, it's exploded in a way that gives us many many new opportunities to engage our alumni, and I think our challenge is how do we invest our our time and resources wisely uh, in order to take advantage of the technology, but but avoid the trap of just jumping on every new technology that comes down the pike because there's so much uh, that, that seems to appear on a, on a, sometimes on a daily basis. You know, I, I don't think I've ever asked you this question, Gary, but it, it just popped into my mind as you were you were giving the answer. And that, you know, you came from you came from a non higher education background into the into your role at Villanova almost 19 years ago. Uh, our colleagues will often talk about the professionalization of alumni relations. Was that something that that was a was an eye opener to you coming from the nonprofit world into alumni relations? Um, when you did, did you see it as something that needed to be professionalized, or is this just something that we talk about within our industry? Yeah, no, I, I think I did see that that need when I when I first entered the profession, um, because uh, you know the approach to alumni relations as I encountered it early on was very sort of uh, kind of a laissez-faire approach. It was not very strategic. Uh, there was not a lot of thought given to what what was done i mean very often you know the response of why do we do these things is well we've always done it this way and so as i used to joke is that um you know we we use the word tradition uh as a synonym for bad practices you know that we we continue to do things <laughs> right. poor practices because they're quote traditions and uh you know i i don't think that that's a, that's ever a wise uh decision-making process. But it was interesting, Paul, in, in my background in the nonprofit world, you know, nonprofit often equates with less than professional or, you know, uh, less than organized, and, and quite the contrary, that, you know, as the CEO of a, of a mid-sized nonprofit, I was responsible for every aspect of the operation from human resources to employee benefits to payroll and things like that. So you really had to develop a, a broad skill set uh, to effectively run a nonprofit, you know, nonprofit is your tax status. It doesn't mean that's your business principles. Uh, and and I, I try to bring that same uh, mentality to the work I do here. Is that while we're educational institutions, that doesn't mean that we're not mindful of our uh, fiduciary and business responsibilities as as executives. You're listening to the Impact Alumni Podcast, and I'm talking with Gary Olson, the Executive Director of the Villanova University Alumni Association. Well, Gary, I went back and I, and I traced back to when you and I first met. And I traced it back to 2001 at the Big East Basketball Tournament. We were both yeah. uh, participants in the, the PACAPA organization, Big mm-hmm. East Alumni Professional Organization. Uh, and then we served together on the Case Commission for a number of years. And today you serve as the chair of the commission. Tell our listeners who might not be familiar what the Case Commission for Alumni Relations is all about and what type of issues are you guys currently tackling? Well, the, Paul, the, the Case Commission is really, uh, I view it in some ways as an, a, uh, an ongoing uh, senior-level focus group 
for case. We work very closely with the case staff to to provide them with advice and counsel on, I, I think, very high-level strategic issues uh, that, uh, that the profession is faced with today. Um, so, you know, we meet um, twice annually to, to, to develop, you know, uh, discussions around those kinds of issues and provide input and advice to case um, to assist them with refining the, the programs and services that they offer to alumni relations professionals. Um, interestingly, one of the issues that we're looking at right now is this whole issue of integration. Um, and what does that mean for us um, in the profession as we look to recruit and uh, train staff for the future? I, I think today the person we're looking for today has to have a much broader set of skills uh, than they perhaps did 10 years ago. Uh, and what does that mean? Um, you know, the second issue that's part of that is that there is still, you know, when you look at cases, um, salary uh, reviews and salary studies, there's still a gap between, you know, salaries for people in alumni relations and people in development. And, and I think that's unwarranted. Uh, so we, we're looking at how do we address that. Uh, and the third is, is uh, from the standpoint of training and education, uh, how can CASE respond to this changing landscape in the kinds of uh, seminars and training sessions and uh, et cetera that, that it offers to, uh, to its members uh, so that they're better prepared to, to you know, deal with these challenges of the future. It's, it's very clear that the, the desire for institutions or the need for institutions to raise money is not going to go away. It's only going to increase. So as a result, you know, we need to just better position ourselves to respond to that need. Well, let's focus a little bit uh, uh, with the next question on the third point that you made in the, um, the training and the education of, of folks in the profession. Uh, you and I both served on um, the Summer Institute for Alumni Relations faculty for a number of the a number of years. You served as the chair. Tell our listeners who are thinking about participating in that experience what that's all about. I, I know personally for me, and I've shared this with you, um, as a faculty member, uh, it continues to be my most rewarding professional development opportunity that I that I've ever done, uh, both in terms of you know giving back to the profession, but even more so in um, the takeaways that I take away as a as a faculty member. I learned an awful lot during that week that we were there in Vermont. Yeah, you know, I Paul, well, I would agree. It's you know, for me, it's it's been probably one of, easily one of the most rewarding professional experiences that I've had, and and I I really feel blessed that I've had the opportunity to interact with a lot of these um, young people coming into our profession, uh, because as, as I joke with them, you know, people like me are not going to be around forever, so we need <laughs> to develop, you know, the leaders for the future. Um, and, and one of the things that I, I really try to impart on them is to look at this work as a very noble profession. And I, I still find that, you know, there are, there are a good number of folks in alumni relations who at times almost seem like they apologize for what they do, that they, they undersell or undervalue their work. And, 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 I, and I really try to uh, challenge that thinking to say, you know, uh, if you don't place high value on your work, then how would we expect others to do the same? So I really, you know, I, I use that opportunity during the five years I was part of the faculty to, to challenge those ideas and to really give people a sense of, of confidence um, and, and a strong belief that the work that they were doing uh, was truly important and valued. Uh, you know, one of the questions I often ask people in, in alumni relations is, "Do you consider yourself an educator?" And often the answers are no. And, and 
And again, I challenge that, that you're very much a part of the educational process uh, in your institution. So you need to see yourself as part of that uh, broader mission that you're very much a part of education, and, and I place great value on, on education. And so, uh, you know, we need to we need to create those leaders for the future. And I think for me personally, it's it's been very rewarding, particularly to work with colleagues like yourself, and uh, you know, uh, to work very very hard, uh, but to enjoy our time together. Absolutely, I, I think you know the relationships that we build as faculty and as colleagues has really just opened my eyes up more to um, how great this profession is. You know, if, if I had not met. Um, you know, Harold Brown and, and some of the folks that we had yep. been on the faculty with, I probably wouldn't know as much about independent school alumni relations as I, as I do now. And so it's, sometimes it's, it's great to take a step out of, you know, our day to day and, and look at our profession from not only, you know, the 30,000, um, foot perspective, but also maybe the perspective of someone else doing it at an institution that's nothing like mine. And yep. yet, what can I learn from that? No question. I mean, I, I, uh, when I would come back from the uh, the summer institutes, I would come back with a list of ideas and things that I wanted to do in my in my own program. And uh, you know, in fact, my staff would often dread when I would go away because they knew I would come back with twenty five new things that I wanted them to, to implement. Uh, <laughs> and no new hours. positions. So you're right. It's 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 a great learning opportunity for us uh, who are part of the faculty. But I, you know, I think for people that may be listening today. You know, venture in and, and uh, step forward and volunteer to be involved with CASE, uh, you know, at the district level to present a workshop. It's it's great experience. It's great exposure. And, and it's something that's part of our profession is that we, you know, we, we all look, we should be looking for ways to contribute to the overall knowledge base. And we all have something to offer. Absolutely. Gary, you're currently serving as a, a CASE trustee. Um, tell folks what the trustees are and, um, you know, probably from your perspective, having written for CASE and served on the faculty and have been on the commission now, um, maybe talk about, you know, the, the role that the trustees have in, in terms of um, the overall big picture at CASE. Yeah, well, uh, the trustees of CASE um, all have the fiduciary or legal responsibility for the organization. Case is about a $17 million a year operating budget, and so just as the trustees at your institution have the you know financial responsibility or, or fiduciary responsibility for your university, the trustees have that same responsibility for case. So we have to uh, you know review budget proposals and, and pass on on things like that. Um, and we're very, very fortunate to, to have John Lippincott as the president of CASE. He is just a phenomenal leader. Uh, I swear there are two or three of John because he is everywhere. And I think he's just provided very, very strong, sound leadership. Uh, and, uh, and I feel very, very privileged to, to work with John and his staff, who are just out, you know outstanding professionals. One, one of the real benefits for me, Paul, is to sit on the other side of the volunteer table, if you will, so that, you know, in my position here, I'm working with our alumni association board. And with CASE, I'm a member of the board. So I, I really have found that to be extraordinarily valuable uh, to, to just see what it feels like to be in those shoes, to see what it's like to be a volunteer, where, where my needs are, and how the staff can best assist me and how I can best assist the staff. Um, you know, one of the things that, that CASE has done remarkably well 
is is to become a much more global uh, organization. You know, it has had an office in in London for many years. It has an office in Asia now, and, and just we just passed the board passed an initiative to establish a formal presence in Latin America, which will be based in Mexico City. And to me, that's really exciting. Uh, and you know, we're all faced with now you know engaging our alumni who are living or from abroad. And so I think Case is really right there on the cutting edge and promoting um, that kind of mentality. And I think that uh, that's really, really important. Absolutely. It's one thing for us to ask our volunteers how they want to be managed or how they want their volunteer experience to, to play out for our institutions. It's another to experience it firsthand for ourselves and be able to kind of anticipate what our volunteers might be looking for. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, Gary, you're the first podcast of, of 2012. Anything you're looking forward to this year or any uh, professional resolutions that you've made? <laughs> <laughs> well, you call me by surprise. Which, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm getting, you know, I, I, uh, I'm getting ready to start my 20th year at Villanova in April. So I, I'm right now my short-term goal is to, is to make it to April. And, uh, but I, I feel very, you know, very fortunate to be here. Uh, it's, it's a great institution. It's my alma mater. Um, I guess it's an indication that nobody else would hire me because I'm still here. But, uh, but uh, it's, it's uh, you know, we've just ventured into a, a whole new arena with a new, uh, some new initiatives. Uh, you know, we have a president who's just a, a dynamic leader and a vice president uh, who uh, I really enjoy working with, uh, who's a terrific leader in university advancement. So, uh, you know, there, there's lots of new challenges to come. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to just continuing to do what I do and continue to learn and continue to, you know, be involved with fine folks like yourself. Well, Gary, we appreciate you being a guest today on the podcast and uh, keep doing all the great work that you're doing, not only for Villanova, but to, to help advance our profession. It's really making a difference. Well, thanks, Paul. I appreciate your nice words and uh, you're, you're a good friend and a good colleague. So uh, happy new year to you and your family. And Excellent. It was great to have Gary Olson from the Villanova University Alumni Association on the Impact Alumni Podcast today. Well, that concludes our podcast. Send us feedback and connect to the show. Visit our website at alumnipodcast.com for other episodes of the show or send us email at paul.clifford at alumnipodcast.com to give us feedback uh, or to let us know what you want to hear on a future podcast. As always, you can subscribe to the Impact Alumni Podcast on the iTunes Music Store or just visit alumnipodcast.com to subscribe. You can follow the show or become a fan on Twitter and LinkedIn. Tweet reactions to the show at Impact Alumni or connect with other listeners in the Impact Alumni LinkedIn group. And until next time, take care.